are you taking these prisoners? These are prisoners. Yes, where are you taking them? I am taking them to imprison them in prison. He is taking us to the... Quiet! And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again. We'll take them from here. That's okay. If you could just point me in the right direction, I can take them, I'm sure. I've taken them this hey, far. Take them away. Wait! You can't take them away. You, stay here. We need to check your diagnostics. Diagnostics? I'm capable of running my own diagnostics, thank you very much. You've never heard of the Millennium Fault? Should I have? It's a ship that made the capital less than 12 parsons. Hey everyone, and welcome to Kessel Run Weekly. My name is Danny. I'm Diane. And we are joined by a wonderful, wonderful guest, uh, Mr. Darren Moser, uh, at Dr. Sci-Fi on Instagram, Twitch. You have your own website. You're you're everywhere. Like, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. I was fortunate enough to get an awesome moniker and snap up all of those wonderful, <laughs> wonderful usernames before anyone else did. So. But thanks for having me on. Of course, uh, th that's seriously the coolest name, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was I was talking to people at work today, and I was like, "Yeah, I got an interview tonight." They're like, "Oh, who are you interviewing?" I was like, "Doctor Sci-Fi." <laughs> well, it came about. Uh, I had a friend, and we would get together to watch Star Trek: The Next Generation oh, because cool. we didn't really have a lot of Star Trek friends in the area, and I was touting some sort of deep knowledge about trek and he was like man you know you know so much and he has a southern accent so that's why <laughs> but he's like you know so much you're like dr sci-fi and i was like oh i i like the sound of that barry that's and then the next day i registered the domain and changed my twitter handle and have been it since i love you know i that's love awesome. all science fiction i love star wars star trek stargate Battlestar, a lot of stars but of course uh, even, even beyond that so thank <laughs> you though I, I do enjoy it of course yeah uh I actually grew up on the next generation, so that was my introduction into the space stuff, sci-fi, and everything before Star Wars. So that's cool. I got you. <laughs> I literally just had a conversation before we started podcasting about how I don't know anything about Star Trek, so I'm just gonna. That's okay. There's there's lots of ways into the Trek, but it's it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's more science fiction versus Star Wars space fantasy, but right. uh, it does have some lot of good stuff. And there's like 700 plus episodes of it. <laughs> yeah, so if you just want to cherry pick the good stuff, you could totally do that. <laughs> now, am I going to get smited or smote for... <laughs> For only knowing, only knowing the new movies? No. Oh, man. 2009, the 2009 movie was great because that brought a lot of new people to the Star Trek fandom. And right. I think that's the way to look at it. Just like people, their first Star Wars could be The Force Awakens. And it really, it brings new people in, but then you have this huge back catalog and then there's something for everybody. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Absolutely. Good advice. <laughs> well, cool. So transitioning from Star Trek to Star Wars, um, how did you become a Star Wars fan, Darren? I mean, I've always enjoyed Star Wars, though growing up, Star Trek was what reigned supreme in my house. Uh, birthday parties, uh, playmates, action figures. If you were my friend, it, you kind of were forced to live it, but uh, it was a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, but I do have a, have a picture of me. I was like an infant and my grandmother was reading one of those little, you know, 12 page Return of the Jedi storybooks, you know, like takes you through the basic story. And I do remember, you know, growing up, like building a biker scout model, like with the speeder bike with my dad. And, you know, I always enjoyed Star Wars, but I think what kind of rekindled it was the 
special editions coming out in the late 90s, in I think 97. And that obviously leading up to the prequels, and then now we're off <laughs> into to, you know, that kind of second generation of Star Wars. And I always knew what it was and I always enjoyed it, but uh, that that really brought me back to it. And then lately, uh, 2015 is when I joined the 501st Legion as a costumer. And uh, that kind of ratcheted it up to about a 12, uh, <laughs> but it's been a fun ride ever since. So uh, yeah, so that was kind of my, my the shorthand of my Star Wars journey. Well, that's awesome. I didn't know you were uh, actually a part of the 501st. I knew you were a droid builder, but um, what costumes do you have in the 501st? I have a stormtrooper. Uh, it's a a New Hope stunt version. Okay, because because of course we know all of the versions of, all <laughs> yeah. of the stormtroopers, and that was yeah that was my first costume. Saved up for several years to to afford that and put it together. And so Fourth of July, twenty fifteen was my first troop. It was a hundred degrees out on a Ooh. on a parade. Parts were melting off. It was <laughs> a blast though, and I had a I had no fans in my helmet, so I was dying but uh it was great and but uh since then i have an officer costume Mm -hmm. uh so like the black warren officer with the rank bar and that makes it you know easy if i want to uh like if i'm doing an event and i'm like part of the point of contact like hosting it so that way i i'm a face character i don't have to have a helmet on and but i'm still in costume and that looks good and I think, yeah, that, that's all I have for, for costumes wise. Okay. But then, like you said, uh, beyond my mechanical friends that I've built myself. <laughs> now what's, what's different about a st- I mean, I know I could just like look up the CRL, but <laughs> what's different about the stunt trooper compared to a normal one? There's, there's a few key differences. Oh, I have to make sure I remember all these. So uh, one of them is the brow, which is the black line that goes across is right here, actually. So um, so the brow, I'm holding up my, my Star Trooper helmet. On a stunt, it's higher. <clears throat> on a stunt, it's higher. On a hero, it goes right to the eye line. Mm. It's lower. It looks more menacing in a way. Uh, the other difference is... I'm trying to remember now. There's only like two or three real differences. I think the other thing is the either the ab plates or it might be the uh, the hand plates. I actually have to look it up again. It's been been a while. We're really testing your knowledge here. (laughs) It's mostly the brow and it's mostly so the heroes are the ones you saw like Han and Luke wear heroes when they're in disguise versus everyone else is usually wearing like a stunt or, and that's different than like a Sandy, like a sand trooper mm-hmm. on Tatooine. Right. So, uh, it, but it's again, just one of those uh, differences. Uh, but again, there's, there's something for everyone. And that's what I love. Like there's people who like, they, they're a, they're a, uh, AT, AT pilot and they, and they wear the heck out of that costume <laughs> everywhere in the California sun. <sighs> but if that's what you want to wear, like that's, there's a, such a variety that if you want to wear the most obscure or the most, you know, well, there's thousands of us, you know, then, then you can choose that. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> I love that. Um, how long have you been a builder, uh, Darren? Uh, I've always enjoyed building things. I mean, even growing up, you know, making a robot out of a upside down trash can in an RC car, you know, flashlight, mm-hmm. you know, And I, you know, I grew up on Lego and uh, constructs. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it Mm -hmm. was a, you know, kind of a two, not quite as 
detail this connects but you could build big things out of it versus lego was much more smaller okay and i and i've always enjoyed that uh probably the first costume i built was in junior high i went as robocop to school oh cool do uh so we we had this combined class that was like a combined history english class and so they would we would learn about something in english but we'd also be covering it in history and so they were doing 80s and so we we're reading about you know different different things and so we had this 80s party and you had to come as either 80s clothes like 80s era or an 80s character well i love everything about the 80s except 80s clothes i don't <laughs> i don't really enjoy those so i built a robocop costume out of cardboard covered it in metal plumber's tape had the little uh, pvc piston on the back of my ankles had the little visor and it was it was like cardboard pvc tape and the legs were like that reflective material you'd put in your windshield to keep the sun out i mean you know, maybe 20 bucks in materials total, but Impressive. Uh, it was so much fun. And I just showed up to school, walked up and had a blast. So, uh, but yeah, just always been enjoying making, my, it's definitely not my J job, but uh, often I would get to scratch that itch once a year for our church's vacation Bible school, which is usually like a week long kind of summer campy event Mm -hmm. where kids come and and they get to do programs and stuff. And usually has like, it's very themed. It's very thematic. And so that way I got to kind of build something, either a set piece or a prop or something. And, you know, you, you also learn not to be attached because it's going to last a week and then it's going to go in the dumpster. Yeah. Uh, the largest thing I built was a one third scale Electra 10, which is Amelia Earhart's plane. So Whoa. I think it was about 30 feet wingspan and we hung it from our worship center, uh, uh, sky you know the ceiling and it was so that was all foam not eva foam but like the white block foam and uh cardboard and unistrut and covered it in uh many strips of aluminum foil and it looked it looked great it that's had a, awesome. had a blast. i bet <laughs> crazy oh i always like think about uh i don't want to use the word props but like decorations and things like that that you you don't, you just see it. You walk in and you see it and you don't really know. You're like, oh, someone had to make it. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there's some <laughs> companies that do that, that make, right. you know, video game props for conventions or, mm-hmm. you know, just scenic backdrops. Or, I mean, it, you can get to the whole world of Disney Imagineering and that's a whole nother level. So, but yeah, it's true. We don't often think, well, who, who make that, you know, giant <laughs> Poe from, you know, DreamWorks you know, Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> somebody did, but yeah. you know, there it sits. It's funny that you use that as an example, because I used to live in Gainesville and there's a giant Po Kung Fu Panda <laughs> outside of a dojo. And I'm like, who, how did they get that? Yeah. How did they get that? It's like, where was, was there like a theme park just throwing it right. out? They didn't need it. You know, drove by and was like, somebody, hey, you know, somebody was selling off their storage unit. Who knows? <laughs> why it was there that would be quite the fine <laughs> that would be yeah. that would be so that was a real i really liked kind of your like progression of figuring out how you wanted to build something or like even discovering that you, it, you were going to be really good at it um so what was your first droid build like and how is that different from like latest one? just wearing something to that but like also just like building RoboCop and just like, I'm going to wear this to school. 
and then being like, okay, now I'm going to be a droid builder. Like, how's that differ? I guess what's that progression been like for you? So my method is a lot of time is spent in like R and D, like researching and figuring out how things are going to happen. And then the actual build time is usually like maybe a third of that. So it's like two thirds R and D one third of building. Uh, so for example, K2SO, who is what I'm probably most known for, which is a seven foot two tall puppet of the droid from rogue one. Uh, he took a year to build and seven months of that was R&D, wow. and about five of that was actually building him. So he was basically a, a, a skeleton on New Year's Day, like just the pipe, and he was done at the end of May uh, by, by comparison. So, yeah, my process is, again, just, you know, looking at pictures and, you know, obviously getting all the references but then with, so with Keiichi, I'll use him as the best example because I, I know the process as much. So a lot of it was, okay, I, I made my list of what I want to accomplish. So I want him to be a puppet. You know, he needs to be able to walk. He needs to be able to talk. So I need a sound system. I want him to be able to move his arms and legs. He has to be able to slap any Cassians I come across. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was a design requirement. So... Priorities. Uh, you, know, you list you list what you wanted to do, and then you just kind of build backwards. And so, uh, I ended up, you know, like I said, he's a PVC skeleton internal, and that, uh, you know, PVC pipe anyone can get. But often it was it's tricky to figure out how do you do a joint with PVC. And people will make their own, like they'll smash the two pieces and put a rivet through it or something. Uh, but I found a company that made specifically PVC joints that fit on one inch pipe for uh, like lawn mannequins for for Halloween. Huh. So you would basically buy a set of these joints for like shoulders and waist and hips and knees. And then you would just make your own figure drape stuff over it and you could pose it in your lawn. And I was like, that's exactly what I need. So I bought a set of those and that was all of his joints. And so now I had the structure and I had, I built a chest harness and so he's connected to that. And that's where all of his weight is on. So he's actually hanging on my chest. And then his feet are bolted onto dive fins. And those I step into. And so that way my feet are connected to him. Now I went, <clears throat> that's one of the, everyone loves the dive fins. They all <laughs> that's so cool. that's uh, so then the main reason I did that is it's one piece. It's not going to separate. I mean, you could glue or bolt a shoe onto something, but now you have a point where eventually it could wear out or it could pull apart. I mean, this is one piece of continuous rubber. So, so those are the only two parts that are really connected to me. And then the rest is just EVA foam. So it just, you just kind of rough out the, the shapes. Uh, one of the things that helped me was the, uh, do you guys know the big figs that they had for Star Wars? Like yes. the 31 inch tall uh, figure. So they have a K2SO mm -hmm. big fig, which is great for pulling measurements. And I think I figured out the, the exact scale ratio from that to the to the height of k2 and then just kind of with okay well it's this is this is three inches which means it needs to be you know 28 inches or whatever it calculated to and then you just start forming stuff uh, so i use a lot of uh, foam eva foam which is kind of like a nice density kind of like a floor mat foam 
Uh, but I get it from a place called TNT Cosplay Supply. There's a lot of different suppliers out there, but they sell it in like five by two sheets where it's smooth on both sides and a bunch of different thicknesses. So that just makes it easy. So you don't, you could use both sides. You don't have to sand off like a diamond plate pattern. Um, but again, just going through the process of, okay, you know, this is his arm and then you just need to be a cylinder. And I found a great website that was a, a truncated cone calculator. It was great. So literally you, <laughs> you said, okay, you know, I, I want, this is the diameter of the, the base and this is the diameter of the top and it needs to be this high and it would calculate out a curve that you could print out and make a template and make That's your wild. shape. Uh, and you just go from there and you just, I started on, I usually start on the joints because joints are really tricky. That's where things are going to move. Things need to interface. Mm-hmm. Um, now in K2SO, all of his joints are hollow in the movie. So it's like a ring that you could see right through, but I had a piece of PVC on the inside. So all of K2's joints are a half sunken mirror. So there's a mirror that's like a third of the way into it. So it has that artificial depth where if you're looking at it just off angle, you see a reflection, but it looks like it's hollow unless you're looking directly through it. So it's, wow. you know, cause you can't, you can't exactly hide it, but it's enough where if you don't really know what you're looking at, it does look hollow. Uh, so all of his joints have that. And then everything, like I said, was EVA foam constructed, except for the head, the head is 3d printed. And that was just a file uh, found off of Thingiverse uh, because there's so much detail in it and, and all of that. And that was kind of beyond my, my foam skills. This was like the first thing I built out of foam. So, oh, cool. uh, uh, but, and he's on version 2.5 right now. So I'm always making adjustments, uh, lately, the, mo- the most recent things I keep moving him closer to me. Like when I started, he was like a foot away and that was just, oh, I was, I was dying because it's just <laughs> it's like, imagine carrying a, a sack of potatoes out oh. with your forearms oh. out. And then eventually it's just, it's just so heavy. So now he's much closer to me. He's maybe about six inches away is his back and he's closer on my feet. The first thing I did was I added a locking kneecap to him. Basically he has like a kneecap now where when I'm standing, his knees lock and he takes his own weight. So when I'm standing for pictures or I can just chill behind him and, and people can snap away. It's only when I'm walking that I'm actually carrying the whole weight of the puppet. And that nice. saved me a ton of energy because otherwise I was dying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just other little things, adding the ability to have his wrist turn the, you know, redoing the shoulders that I was never happy with uh, constantly patching things up and I'm still working on them. I, I have a bunch of upgrades that I'm planning for celebration later this year. I'm three. I'm going to redo his hands completely and I'm going to incorporate servos into his fingers and into his head uh, because that's where you get a lot of expression is the mm-hmm. head yeah. and the, and looking around and he can look around, but it's very slow. Yeah. It's like a pan tilt camera motor. And it's about, you know, it's about like this fast. Like it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's enough where he's looking, but he's kind of like side eye looking, like looking around <laughs> and I need him to be able to like, what, what is that? You know, what, what is that? Yeah. You know, look, look really quickly. And like that <laughs> exactly. You know, I want him to be, you know, if, if there's a Cassian that's mouthing off, he needs to look over real fast and then backhand him as fast as possible. There you go. And, and that'll just, again, that adds to the character of him. Now, as a puppet, I can't fit inside him. I know other people who have made K2 and they've made him as a suit 
and you have to make a lot of kind of adjustments because I mean, he's seven foot two and he's a skeleton. So, right. basically, it, so what I usually end up wearing is just a plain kind of dark gray jumpsuit. And cause I can't hide. I mean, so it's kind of like hiding in plain sight. And that way, if a lot of other characters are standing around, which works even better, I look like I'm just a guy standing behind him. And again, when people kind of come up to him, they just see a seven foot droid and they kind of, you know, you have to really look beyond him to see me, uh, but I can make him crouch. I can make him get down huh. kind of on a kid level and interact. And that's great. I love getting to bring him alive and everyone loves key too. I mean, he's a really popular character. He's a lot of fun. He's, he kind of has the same kind of pr- personality as I, we were a little, our comedy is snarky <laughs> and, and, and a lot of fun to do. So you know, he'll be around for, for quite a while. Oh, absolutely. What about it? Oh, so you said you, you loved his attitude. So would you say that K2 is one of your favorite droids? <laughs> oh yeah. I would definitely say K2 is my favorite droid. Uh, it's just because initially when I was starting the process to build something, it was going to be an IG 88 Oh, uh, okay. because that looked really interesting. And I was maybe a month into R and D when K2SO came on the scene and I was like, okay, well, this is a very similar as far as concept, like the exact same principle of how I would puppet him would be that, but he's a new character. Mm-hmm. He's going to talk. He's going to have scenes. We're going to know more about him versus the droid in the one shot that turns his head a tiny bit you know, that that's it. And this is obviously whale before IG 11 came on the, the scene with the Mandalorian. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, but I would definitely say K2 is my, my favorite droid. That's awesome. Um, so I did want to ask you, so, so it, is it something special about star Wars that, that draws you to those droids or is there a reason that, I don't know, you're not a RoboCop builder or anything like that versus star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I think with Star Wars, and I'm sure many people will say this, it's just the characters. The characters are so interesting, and they that whole world with its used and lived-in look just kind of lends itself to making something. And it's a, it's actually kind of easier, in a way, to make something that's less sterile or is less, you know, perfectly symmetrical, clean. You mm-hmm. know, it's, you can do a little weathering and just make it look look, you know like it walked off the stage or off the screen. So yeah, I mean, that's always been a draw for star Wars for me. And eventually, you know, I have plans for other little projects and things. I'd love to make an exocomp for, for next gen just to sit on my shelf or something. But, uh, but yeah, as far as big builds, uh, star Wars just kind of reigns supreme in that, in that regard right now. I hear you. (laughs) I would definitely agree with you on that for sure. Um, so I've gotten a little taste of of being getting to I guess participate in the droid fun and everything. My father is a uh, droid builder as well. He's got two three oh, D three D printed BB eights uh, that he's done and, and everything, and so I get to drive them, take them out, all that kind of stuff. So so I, I get the excitement around it when people like forget that you're there, and it's like oh my god, droid <laughs> and everything. Uh, and I was wondering if you if you had like a moment like that that's just like a highlight as a builder that it's just like. This is it. This is why I do it. Yeah, I think I can think of uh, two moments, one with K2 and one with L3. Uh, So with K2, again, I like bringing him to cons. He's kind of a con droid. You know, Mm -hmm. it's harder to take him out. So I'm a little more choosy where he's 
packing up and he comes apart into like different pieces, like his arms and his legs come off so I can fit him in my car. Cause you know, he's big and tall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember, you know, just being, I think it was WonderCon, which is a local kind of not as big as San Diego comic-con, but not as big is, but bigger than your you know, small town. And uh, I remember, you know, being back around the, the star Wars area and yeah, just a, a, you know, just a group of kids and they were just, you know, just enthralled with this big thing. I mean, he gets looks everywhere he goes and people kind of get out of his way because he's seven foot two and <laughs> <laughs> walking towards you. But uh, you kind of yeah, question and it. it. <laughs> yeah, and, just, and, you know, this this kid, I could tell, you know, it's probably like a, you know, 12 or 13 and he was just really interested. And then he kind of like walked around to the side and, you know, saw me and he saw, I have a little screen, a little iPad in the back, which is how I can see. Oh, because cool. again, he's bolted to me. I can't look around him. If I move left, he moves left. If I was right, he moves right. So there, it, it feeds from a camera and it also does the voice processing to change my voice for the acre for the mic. Um, again, this is the, and this is the laundry list I have to start off with when I'm <laughs> researching it. Cause otherwise it's never going to make it in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but he, we walked around and, and we just talked about it and you could just tell like he liked seeing the character, but it got the wheels turning and I'm like, he's probably going to go home and start building something. And that was, <gasps> and that was awesome. Like whether it's a K2 or whatever, like I'm always trying to be encouraging, you know, there are quite a few K2 builders out there. I've, I've been able to follow a lot of them. I'm friends with some of them, either it's a suit or a puppet mm-hmm. or even a static 3d printed prop. And, you know, it's not, again, not as many of us as like R2 builders, but uh, I, you know, I never behoove anyone who would attempt such a character. And, and yes, there's different levels of accuracy, big air quotes on that one, you know, but at the yeah. end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. You, you're building a character you love and we can tell who he is and who he's supposed to be. And as long as you can backslap a Cassian, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, that's the big I love that. That's one of your highlights. I love that both of you guys have highlights like that. Cause I literally, I haven't built a droid. I don't know if I'm ever going to tackle that or not. <laughs> um, but cause I'm just now getting into cosplay and that's a whole thing. Um, but I, so I used to teach, I've taught a lot of different types of like youth education Mm-hmm. from anywhere from like veterinary science to line dancing. <laughs> okay. So, but one of those classes that I got to teach over a summer was robotics. And um, I chose themes for each of the weeks that I was going to have robotics. And they all ended up being something related to like star Wars or Marvel or DC or some sort of technology that I've seen in nerddom. Yeah. And we built Iron Man's um, reactor. Arc reactor. Nice. Yeah. And that was like my first. That's a great like, way to tie movie. it together. It was mm-hmm. so fun and it was so cool. And to watch <laughs> those kids just like be so excited that they have Iron Man's chest light is what they called it. <laughs> and like I my next project was to like learn how to get sound where we could do it. Obviously, summer camp is on a budget, so that never really right. came to fruition. But like I you're blowing continuously blowing my mind throughout this. I am just like, Oh my God, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'll say my kind of style is self-contained components that each do kind of their own job. So, I mean, I love, I would love to eventually do a full R2D2. That's definitely on the list, but that's more of like, that's basically a computer. 
that's being controlled by an RC remote and it's everything's tied together in its own power supply and all of that. Whereas the way I have done things mostly for budget reasons and simplicity is everything is its own system. So like K2's eyes are self-contained battery LEDs that they're not connected to anything else. They do their own thing or his talking is an acre system, which is an amplifier connected to like a mic and the camera system, you know, is connected. So again, you can swap out or or upgrade individual pieces, but it's all off the store, off the shelf parts. And so I found that that's worked really well for me just to kind of get started and add pieces. Like, yeah, if you wanted to add a uh, sound, you know, I have a little Bluetooth speaker and there are certain ones that they sell where that you can actually pop in a micro SD card and play off of that. And so you could just have a loop of sound effects and it's, you know, maybe three inches square and you could hide that in an item and just now you have an ambient sound effect and you didn't have to do much anything to get it cool oh amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's impressive um when you started talking about parts it actually made me uh think so i know you said you you build most of the things uh off of like uh pvc uh eva foam things like that so is there any uh, as, as a builder, is, it, is that just a preference um, as opposed to like 3D printed or something like that? Or is there some advantage that you found with that? I mean, part of it was at the time not having a 3D printer. So Fair. when <laughs> I when I had K2's head built, I got the files off of Thingiverse and then I had a friend who had a printer print it. Uh, but since I have one now, it's definitely become... I've used it more for like little things. Okay. Uh, like again, in K2's eyes... Um, they're a single kind of like a tea light kind of thing, but it's three LEDs and it comes with a remote and you can change the color and you can make them strobe or do whatever. But the problem was I had them installed inside of his head, but they were literally glued in. So if I needed to swap the battery, I would have to rip them out and put them back in. And so I 3d printed like a ring that they could fit into that would kind of socket it and I could reach and unscrew the back now. And so now they're accessible and 3d printing is great for that. Like little tiny things that you need or for prototyping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I'm working on a, <clears throat> uh, for K2, I'm working on a death star control stand, which will kind of be his dock. So, you, you know, like in a new hope when they're on the overbridge where they have the big screen and they're about to blow up, you know, all they're on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that pedal looking display where a person's standing in the middle of it and there's like six screens all around them and they're kind of like, you know, punching in stuff. So that's, I don't know the official term for it. I just call it a Death Star control stand. (laughs) Uh, But I'm building one of those for K2 where he'll be on a base and then in front of him will be three of those panels Mm -hmm. and and he'll have a stand behind him that he'll slot into. So basically he'll be freestanding. So I call it his dock because that'll be where I dock him when I'm not puppeting him. Mm -hmm. And that way he can stand there, have his hands up on the controls. People can still take pictures, but there's also kind of something between them and him uh, for a little bit of security. And so the goal is, so this will be down at celebration in the droid room. And so when I'm taking him out, I'll take him out and puppet him and stuff. And then when I'm not using him, I can dock him there because otherwise he's not self-standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he can sit. I built a, a separate dock that's kind of just for sitting. Because you know, sometimes I mean, he needs to sit places. Of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but three D printing is great in just and and again, it's it's not it's 
it's no less making than woodworking or EVA foam smithing. Mm -hmm. It's just another tool. And yeah, again, if you want something that's to be strong or flexible, like I love that K2 is foam because that little flexibility, that little squish just, I mean, he's lasted, he's like two years old now and he's doing fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, you seal him up and you, you paint him and you make sure he's protected, but uh, that little squash and stretch that he can take that I don't have to wear. I mean, the most things that break are on his head because Mm -hmm. it's the 3d printed part. So, you know, just taking that into account, but uh, yeah. And I'm working on pieces for my current build is a full size Imperial probe droid from the empire strikes back. Cause you know, why not? Um, So that'll be about six, two when it's done. And so one of the things I did for that is I'm using um, aluminum extrusion, which is kind of like a piece of imagine a square uh, piece of aluminum with like a track cut in each side. And so it's made where you can add another piece to it. And then you have what's called a T nut that locks it together. Mm -hmm. So it's very customizable. So you could put it together in a certain way and you're like, Oh, I need this piece to be a little shorter or I need this piece to be moved this way and you can adjust it and then retighten it. And it's not that heavy, but it's, it's very flexible. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time I've been using that, but it's been, that's how I'm building his skeleton out of because it'll come apart. You have the body and the head and then two of the legs will be connected from the body to the base and that'll be supporting the weight. And that's just the square aluminum extrusion inside a square uh, aluminum tube basically. And that'll lock together. Uh, but for that, you know, for his body, which is kind of like a very shallow cone, I wanted, I needed a way to attach that foam to the skeleton. And so I printed out, I modeled in infusion 360, a, a piece that would perfectly attach to a piece of extrusion that had just enough of a curve that would fit. And I've, dialed it in that I could fit like two of them on my build plate, mm-hmm. spat those out and those are bolted on. And then it just glued right to that. So again, really custom, really specific things that you couldn't really make any other way. <laughs> right. That's I, so good to know because yeah. I want to build my props for my cosplays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do any of that. So I'm like, Oh, get a 3d printer. <laughs> oh, well, 3d printers are great. I, I would recommend getting, you know, not, you don't need a huge build plate to start with. I mean, mine's like 220 millimeters square, but it gets you started. And then you just, you know, everyone goes to Thingiverse or some other website and pulls off files and just starts making things. But then uh, when you really start to customize things or make that little piece that, you know, you, you didn't want to make 20 of, but you could easily crank out with a 3d printer uh, you know, then it's just a lot of fun. So yeah. they're, they're, de- and they're coming down in price every year. So mm-hmm. they're becoming more and more accessible. Mm-hmm. I just love how excited you get about this. I, I love it so much because <laughs> yeah. I can tell you're so passionate about this. And this is just the thing that you love. I, I, I love that. I, it gets me excited. <laughs> yeah, same. I really, uh, as, a, as a new cosplayer, I'm always like nervous and willing to learn. And I'm actually about to, I'm friends with so many people that are either seamstresses or have been or know these things. And I'm like, I want to know how to make it. I've ordered all three, all four of my cosplays at this point. Um, None of them are complete. (laughs) They all are the bases. And I just like, I have like things like adding. So my first cosplay ever was Kira, her Crimson Dawn black dress um, on Dryden Voss's ship. 
I need to like add gold lining to it and get all of the accessories, which led me to the 3d printer hunting. Um, right. Like she's got the necklace, she's got the stuff on the belt, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. And I got, I got all of that that came with it, but I want it more. I want it approvable because I would like to get her approved. Um, but then like, yeah, I've got, and I actually just ordered my blaster for her Kessel run. Nice. costume too so i'm like it's kind of more of the puffy uh, coat version yeah right? yeah i got the tan coat and the the bodice like it's a dress it came in dress form but i actually got a seamstress to take it apart and okay make it more accessible for myself but i'm i just like keep looking for all these ways and i'm like you know what i should just learn how to sew again i sewed when i was a kid but it was like purses made of placemats <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay. sewing is a great thing i i wanted to try to sew as many pieces that i could for my stormtrooper mostly for, mm-hmm. for cost so i ended up sewing my belt and my neck seal and i think that was it actually there's not a lot of cloth on a storm right trooper, but uh but yeah i mean if you can at least run a stitch and kind of put two pieces together like that opens up a lot of doors so yeah yeah. Well, and speaking of all of that, so uh, one of my favorite things that I kind of noticed slash learned on your feed was L3. Yes. Uh, is she your newest, right? She's the newest, except for what I'm currently building. So right, I, I, right. like Viper is newest. She's the newest mm-hmm. completed thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that was last year. When did that movie come out? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was in May. So it threw yeah. everyone off like of the, the schedule. So probably like almost two years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, cause you know, I apparently have a desire to build things that were originally CGI and didn't exist in real life. And <laughs> yeah. that, make it that much more easy. No. Um, then nobody but, can tell no. you you're wrong. <laughs> uh, I was excited, you know, and I, I built her off of the trailers and a Funko pop was wow. all I had to go off of Wow, because she was done before the movie came out mm-hmm. and the Funko pop was literally to get a back shot because I had no idea what her back oh. looked like. And I'm like, I need something. I can't mm-hmm. just not do anything. Right. So yeah. So L3, which is Lando's uh, co-pilot in solo, a star Wars story, the, the self-made totally non-symmetrical, very, <laughs> you know, very unique looking droid that walks and, uh, man, literally the only reason I even attempted it was one of the shots in the trailer. It's when she's walking off the Falcon and Kira's kind of in front of her. I think it's when they show up on Kessel. Mm-hmm. And it's like you see a head to toe, except for like kind of one corner of her. And because I actually saw a head to toe, I'm like, okay, I can do that. Like, because otherwise, you know, because they don't release anything that none of the books, none of the, you know, behind the scenes, none of the dictionaries until after the movie comes out. So right. you're really stuck. But uh, so I started making her. And so she was going to be different, obviously, than K2 as she was going to be a worn suit costume. And uh, what I one of the things that I learned actually much closer to the actual release of the film was that in the movie, they actually had physical pieces of her in the shots. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who was the actress who played the the character motion and the voice was on set and she was in a green suit and she had the chest, the forearms, the dome and the outside legs bolted to her. And what they did is they would film her. Then they would digitally remove her in between bits. And then they had a digital version of L3 that they would replace all the tubing and in between parts. But the, so there was again, they would, you know, massage it and, and make tweaks as they needed. But 
that way you had lighting references and you had a lot of on set character performance mm-hmm. by Phoebe. And so I, which was great because I was basically doing the same thing, except for, I don't have an effect shop to remove my insides. So I had to <laughs> make kind of some concessions to, you know, hide in plain sight again. So mm-hmm. uh, the tubing, you know, I mean, in, she's not like a C-3PO where it's like a pipe. It's like three pipes right. in, her, in her stomach. So I can't yeah. do that, but you know, I can make it hide a little bit. Her legs are a little wider than in real life because I use so- some of that to hide my legs and, mm-hmm. and, and so on. But she was a lot of fun. Again, just making all those little pieces like her gloves, her right hand has five fingers and her left hand is three because again, totally not symmetrical, you know, so <laughs> figuring, you know, figuring that out. And her, her head, her head was a lot of fun. Um, so I have a neck seal and the next seal I actually got a template off of uh, Evil Ted, who is a foam smith, Evil Ted uh, mm-hmm. Smith. And I modified it where the next seal has four pieces of PVC coming out. And her head has four larger pieces, and then they fit into each other. Oh, so when neat. I rock my head around, it pistons. But huh. it's just friction. It's just loose. But it looks really, really cool because that's how her neck is. It's kind of a bunch of pistons. And so her head is actually just a hard hat. It's built around that uh, with foam and, and things. And then I just wear a balaclava underneath it and a big pair of like, I call them my granny glasses, like the big, <laughs> like giant ones that just cover your entire face. So that's on. And then I just black out my inside. So I actually have really good visibility. That's uh, awesome. Uh, so again, anyway, I was working on her uh, version one. I was wearing four inch heels uh because you know again why not um the the reason for that was my foot on a side profile is 12 inches from toe to heel but in four inch heels it's nine inches and she doesn't have toes i mean her feet just come down to a curved point Mm -hmm. so that helped kind of minimize that and it also gave me a little more of a walk you know because when you're walking in heels you're kind of like raptor feet in <laughs> you sure are. Uh, I've since changed those to regular sneakers because uh, it is not fun to be in foreign fields. But uh, so I, I was work- so I was working on L three, and my goal was just to finish her by you know the the worldwide premiere. You know it was like the end of May. You know I take her to a, a local theater or something. You know I just wanted to make her, and that would be fun. And I had enough time to get it done. <clears throat> And one of my droid builder friends sent me a message. And he's like, Hey, could, could you have L3 done by the 10th? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's cutting like 12 days off my build time, but <laughs> sure. And, no problem. And, and basically uh, Lucasfilm had reached out to the droid builders and were saying, Oh, we have this, you know, premiere coming up. And do you guys have anything that, that we might be interested in? And my, my good friend was like, we have a guy who's building L3, the the droid from the movie that you're you're having. So <laughs> they got in contact with me and there was basically one slot left uh, in the fan uh, queue. And they're like, you have it. And I'm like, okay, I'll be, because you know, you just say yes. You just say yeah. yes. And then you figure <laughs> Absolutely. out how you're going to do it. Because um, I, you know, I did a lot of cardboard mock-ups. I did cardboard tests. Again, I mean, joints. Like that's, I think, why a lot of people don't do L3 because her legs intimidate everybody (laughs) a lot of complex curves and weird pivots uh so i just started cranking and 
I literally finished her at noon on the day of. It was the first time I put the whole thing wow. on. I remember that crunch because that's actually how I had found you was through the whole solo stuff. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's building an L3. This is awesome. I had no idea you were wearing it or that was the intent. I was just like, oh, L3. I needed to finish it by. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just remember that uh, that day you were like, all right, let's do this. And you were the whole crunch and everything. It was exciting. <laughs> this project, I have like a notebook where I'm just sketching and drawing. And also, I mean, I have a well-worn one of K2 and I have one for L3. And that's, again, where not that it has much R and D time, but like figuring out how it's going to work was really important because again, if I could put it all, I could put it all on and it wouldn't work. And then you're kind of stuck. And <laughs> yeah, my wife, I think she was going to go to the store or something that day. And I said, well, you need to help me put this on because I'm not going to put this on for the first time at the event. That is, a, that is a rookie <laughs> con doors mistake. Yeah. I'm not going to make that mistake. And, and it worked great. I think the only thing was uh, I had like clips that connected the legs, like the hips to my undersuit and they kind of tore out a bit. I needed to reinforce them. So I was easy. That was easy to do like with all of my tools and my garage, but that would not have been easy, you know, out in the changing room at the right. event. So, yeah. um, I mean, literally two days before I bought the bins to store her in to transport her. Cause I'm like, how am I going to get her there? So, you know, her legs fit in one of those like under, bed long storage uh, boxes and and I'm just literally like painting like I'm just the night before I'm like okay this needs to be white this needs to be green this needs to be you know whatever and I mean by the time it was all said and done at the end of the premiere and all of that I had been up for 40 hours Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I get her all together so backtracking I get it all together throw her in my car you know beat it down to LA early because you, you know, all it takes is one accident to mm -hmm. totally mess up your day. <clears throat> and, and it was great. So we, we, we set up, we, we used the El Capitan for a changing room. Like you do. That's awesome. They weren't using <laughs> it else and Disney owns it. So there were, why not? <laughs> there was a Chewbacca and there was some uh, mud trooper or not mud troopers. They were Mimban stormtroopers. Uh, like, they, like they looked really like gritty and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and a couple other uh, characters that were suiting up there. And then they bring us out to the, the fan pen. And one of my 501st friends was my handler. That's what they call it. So it's basically you know, like a little bleacher that's like, you know, three rows deep. And it's kind yeah. of warmed off. And so we get out there and we, we cannot fit. Chewbacca and I cannot fit. There's It's full. There's, there's no more room in the fan pen for us. And <laughs> so we just kind of stand right next to it. And then every once in a while, they're like, okay, you guys really need to be in the, in the fan pen. And we're like, I, where, where do you want us to go? <laughs> and once they realized we weren't, you know, idiots, we weren't going to be like running around, you know, doing something dumb. They're like, okay, just as long as you stand right here, you're fine. <laughs> and it was great. We basically became a photo op. Like everybody just came up to us. And so it's again, me and Chewbacca. Now Chewbacca had sounds like he could cue sounds, but he can't talk mm -hmm. but i can talk so i was basically just translating for the two of us and uh, my go-to line was come get a picture with the two best co-pilots in the galaxy oh, pilots. And, awesome. and, I, and i totally know that everybody was there for chewy i mean nobody <laughs> even knew who i was this movie hasn't even come out yet but that's all right and uh, it was great a lot of people came by i mean we got a shot with like ron howard and paul bettany uh, but my big thing was okay I, I need a picture with, I, I told my, my friend Don, who was my handler. I'm like, 
don't let Phoebe pass me by. Cause that, that's <laughs> like, you know, every cosplayer will tell you like meeting the person that made your character is like the, one of the quintessential moments. And so, and by the time, you know, so the, the carpet's getting a little more crowded, you know, and I'm starting to think like she could be walking down the other side and not see me. Like there's that many people on the carpet, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but she did. And my friend brought her over, you know, shot a little video. We had a nice little moment. And I was like, welcome to the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> you're, like this movie hasn't even come out yet. People are wearing your character. Uh, <laughs> and oh. uh, she signed my Funko Pop. Cause again, that was the only piece of, merchandise for l3 that had even come out yet right uh but yeah it was just you know like a little three minutes you know just 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 thanking her for making a great character and again welcome to the star wars fandom and then she was off and uh i think i i didn't i didn't get a picture with uh donald glover but i did see him off kind of in a way and i kind of made a you know I see you. He still like, counts. What? He's kind of like, what's that over there? You know? Uh, and, and then we got to see the film and, and do all that. Uh, but later on an entertainment tonight interview that a friend showed me, uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller bridge were interviewed and the interviewer asked them like, what about like fan interactions? Like how have those been? And, and they were like, Oh, they've been great. Actually there was this, there was this, guy on the on the red carpet and he had like a l3 it was it was pretty good and donald glover was like yeah i, re- I remember that and i was like well that must be me there you go. Another, no other uh, l3 costume <laughs> in the world right now going but. down in history so it's been fun but yeah but l3 has been fun to take out uh and you know i got we we used to do a bunch of legoland events here in california and i have one of my favorite pictures is me and a whole bunch of uh, female characters is like ladies of the legion. I mean, my character is female, so we'll just <laughs> roll with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's been fun, and it's also nice every once in a while to do something where you're wearing it as mm-hmm. opposed to puppeting it. It's it's more immersive uh, and and a lot of fun. So I I definitely bring her out a, a little less than K two, but she is a lot of fun to to do as well, and and kind of push me to that next level of okay, now how do you make something where you're the internal structure and mm-hmm. it has to all hang off of you and you have to be able to put it on and take it off and do all of that. Yeah. That was going to be my follow-up was like her being a suit. It's gotta be different. Is it constricting <laughs> in any way? Is it like, um, does it ever worry you that you, that it's on you instead of in front of you? <laughs> I I have taken it off once by myself. It is possible, but it's very difficult. Uh, but basically so I have the undersuit, which is like a black, you know, top and black pants. And that has uh, wiring and like two like tubing clipped and attached to it. So that's like all the under pieces. And then. Um, yeah, so I put on the belt, which is like or I call it the skirt, you know, just kind of like mm-hmm. goes around the middle and then the legs, um, the legs clip into my clip into my waist and then they strap around my thighs and my calves to stay Mm -hmm. attached. And then the point where they attach to the foot is actually a magnet. So that way it can swivel. So if, and if it gets pushed out, it just pops back in. So that's the pivot point of the bottom of the foot on my, on my foot. And then, yeah. And then I slide into, I put on the next seal. This is the hardest part is putting on the next seal. And then I have to angle the four pieces of PVC up and then get the chest torso on. That's 
a little tricky. <laughs> um, and then I'll do the head. And so I'll put the front two PVC in. I'll have someone help put the back two in and then do the arms and gloves. And then you go for the, so she, <clears throat> she also has an acre um, that, so I have a mic that runs into her chest and that has a voice changer and a little acre right behind her little vent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can talk. So yeah, it, it is different. Um, it's probably the only costume I have that I can't put on by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you just plan mm-hmm. ahead, you know, you make sure you're with someone or you're, but uh, visibility is really good. Again, like I said, it's like a kind of a panoramic <laughs> wrap that I'm looking down and out. So mm-hmm. I have more, I have better visibility than I do in like my stormtrooper uh, for uh-huh. sure. Huh. So, uh, but yeah, but she's a lot of fun. And again, just kind of that same kind of sassy attitude. And uh, <laughs> I love, you know, hanging with my other costume or friends, uh, you know, I have a good set of uh, solos and uh, Lando's out here in California. And I love making fun of Han. And, you know, it's a <laughs> lot of fun just giving him grief. And I call Lando, you know, Landonis, you know, all the time. <laughs> um, and it's just fun. And it was really cool. We got to actually go. We were at uh, Comic-Con that year and they had a solo cockpit. And it was the cockpit from the solo movie instead of the the dirtied up one from A New Hope. Nice. And so we got a picture of the four of us in it. So it was Lando, L3, Kira, and Han. I saw and, that one. And it's like, oh, man, that's, that's just that's like the best moment because it all looks so, so good. That's uh, awesome. So she, she's a lot of fun. That's great. That's so cool. Cheyenne, did you want to go ahead and uh, ask the last question? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is all already really inspired me just in general. <laughs> it's making me very excited and I'm like, okay, I should probably pull my cosplay notebook out now. Um, so if you could give any advice to aspiring builders, what would it be? It's a broad question. <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, everyone, I mean, it feels like everyone says this, but maybe, maybe they don't, uh, you know, just start making something. It doesn't, you know, your version one doesn't have to be perfect. And often it will teach you more than it working perfectly the first time. So, and, and start with foam. Foam is a great material. It, it's very cheap uh, you know, a, a can of barge cement and a and a bunch of floor mats from Home Depot, you know, that's going to maybe cost you 30 bucks and you can make so much out of that and a, and a knife, you know, and maybe <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of people who feel intimidated and, uh, you know, people look at, you know, K2 and be like, oh my gosh, how did you make that? And it's like, you just start somewhere. You start on maybe the difficult parts or maybe the easy parts or, and, you know, I love seeing all the amazing things that, that people make that's, I mean, sewing and, you know, or 3D modeling or all sorts of great things. And, and nobody knows everything. Um, I'll also say in my run on sentence answer, <laughs> you know, I love how there is so much shared nowadays. Like there are so much YouTube videos and people who produce, you know, cosplay notebooks and tutorials and guides that there's so much information out there to that is free or, or really inexpensive. And it's just, just learn it. Just, you know, try something new or, or download a template, start with a template, something real simple, like a helmet or, or a glove or something. And just, you know, 
and you'll you'll probably if it's something that's you're into you'll just get hooked and you'll just start start making stuff and it doesn't have to look like it walked off the screen you know but if at the end of the day if you can tell who you are and what it's supposed to be you know then then it's a lot of fun so i'm i think we live in a great era right now where people are so understanding and share so much it's and yes, you know, some people still, it's their business and some people still sell components and that's totally fine. But, you know, the fact that it's not an us versus them or a me versus you or, oh, like, well, I'm, I'm the premier K2 SO. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not the point right. at all. No. It's, you right. know, honestly, if I went to celebration this year mm-hmm. and there was like five K2 SOs, we would just start running after Cal from, from Fallen Order and we would just pick them up. <laughs> yes. And it would be great. It would be so much fun. So, and, and Cassians would flee from our slapping. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what I'd say. You know, there's lots to learn. It's a lot of free stuff out there. Um, so just just start on something and, and you'll have fun. That's great. That's great advice. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Darren, for being on our show. We really appreciate it. This has been oh, mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, it's well, been a lot yeah, I always enjoy getting to to share, you know, about the process as well, not just the, you know, the red carpets or the or the fun events. I mean, we do get afforded a lot of opportunities here in Southern California, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm glad I know a lot of K2 builders all over the world, you know, and from the UK to, you know, the Europe and over America. So, it's it's Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. Absolutely. Uh, so, Darren, can you tell all the wonderful people where they can find all your awesome stuff? So, a great place to start would be my website, which is drsci-fi.com, D-R-S-C-I-F-I. So, I have uh, a troop blog where I post pictures from events I go to, and I have links to a lot of my social accounts. Uh, but if you want to see kind of what I'm working on right now, uh, Instagram is really good for that, which is, again, Dr. Sci-Fi. And I've started to get more into uh, TikTok with a little fun, fun videos with K2. But I also want to use that platform for little, not not so much behind the scenes, but just also showing, um, you know, oh, hey, this is how K2's arm goes together. And I can show that on a one minute video a lot easier than I can, you know, a picture or something, something like that. Uh, But let's see. So TikTok. Uh, Instagram, uh, Twitch as well, which is also Dr. Sci-Fi. And I've been trying to stream one or two nights a week as I work on Viper, the Imperial Probe Droid and, and other projects. I'm, I started to Gantt chart my projects for this year. I have so many, but uh, it's all culminating in celebration, which is going to be a great, great time. Absolutely. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll get to see you there. I know Cheyenne is going, Um, I haven't made my way yet. Uh, so hopefully that'll work out so cool so again darren thank you so much for uh being on the show we really appreciate it you're awesome um so glad you came on here yeah it's awesome this was great and i honestly have okay this is not an inspiring moment but a really cool one <laughs> halfway through i realized that k2 was behind you and i was like oh yeah he's just standing back here <laughs> i was he's like chilling. oh my god i love his beanie yeah it gets cold i'm sorry <laughs> and uh fashion Yes, he's. I mean, yeah, I do have a, a shirt that he can wear, but it's like a 4X. Like, it's really hard to buy for him. It's such a barrel chest. But well, I'm really happy, Cheyenne, that you feel in, inspired and encouraged to 
continue working on your projects. That makes me really happy. <laughs> they don't even have to be Star Wars projects. They could be anything. Of course. Definitely. Uh, so Cheyenne, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, I'm at C Jerica almost everywhere. Instagram, <laughs> I'm C Jerica 95 on Twitter uh, and C Jerica on Twitch as well. Um, I haven't been on there as much lately, but I'm getting some more equipment so that I can do that. Got a hard drive so I can do all of my games now. Um, and then on my blog at CheyenneHoover.wordpress.com, I just kicked off this year with a Cats movie review. Uh, not your typical content from me, but it's a great one. Uh, and then I'll get back into Star Wars Sunday starting this month, um, but next week. So check that back out. Awesome. And guys, you can find us at Kesselron Weekly on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or our website, KesselronWeekly.com, as well as Twitch, twitch.tv slash Weekly. We stream every single Wednesday, and then some. Uh, so <laughs> definitely uh, give us a follow there and check out, and uh, follow this magnificent gentleman, Darren, Dr. Sci-Fi, on all the things, because I promise you it's worth it. There, right now, my favorite picture on Instagram is your 80s yearbook picture of L3. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I swear to you, we're using that as the episode card that's happening. <laughs> I love it. Our Garrison is uh, taking is going to make an 80s yearbook this year. That's so fantastic. Taking a bunch of pictures of people, and we're actually just starting to vote on like which uh, sub quotes are we going to use? Like most likely to be choked by Vader. Oh you my know, gosh! Be, it's. I mean, we. That's what I love about Star Wars fans. There's some really creative people, and they just do a lot of fun stuff. So, yes, 80s L3. She's wearing a scrunchie, if you notice. (laughs) Yes, I did. Hollow projector. It's so L3. It's awesome. (laughs) So, yes, so definitely follow Dr. Sci-Fi on all the things. Give him some love. Um, I just can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, This is exciting. This is awesome. Um, All right, guys. And so until next time, my name is Danny. I'm Cheyenne. And I'm Darren. May the force be with you. Always.